Hello, friends. This is the AlphaList Podcast. I am your host, Toby. The goal of the AlphaList Podcast is to empower CTOs with the info and insight they need to make the best decisions for their company. We do this by hosting top thought leaders and picking their brains for insights into technical leadership and tech trends. If you believe in the power of accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Plus, if you're an experienced CTO, you will love the discussion happening in our Slack space where over 600 CTOs are sharing insights or visit one of our events. Just go to alphalist.com to apply. This podcast is proudly presented by Storyblock, the CMS used by almost 200,000 developers and marketers in over 130 countries. Reducing complexities and inefficiencies across your digital infrastructure is a top priority for CTOs in 2023. Does your current CMS hinder agile development and deployment? Storyblock is a cloud-native API-first CMS that minimizes technical dependencies, enable your development team to create frontends with whatever technology they already know, and your business users to create content only once and publish on multiple platforms. As a CTO, choosing Storyblock means optimizing your tech stack's operational efficiency while making your team more self-sufficient. There are numbers to back this up. Storyblock cuts down development time by 50% and provides 582% ROI over three years, a study by Forrester proves. Visit link.alphalist.com slash CMS to get a free demo of Storyblock and learn how it can improve your speed to market. Welcome to the Alphalist Podcast. I am your host, Toby, and today with me is Aviran Mordo. And Aviran Mordo is the VP of Engineering at Wix. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess everyone knows Wix. Wix is like the crazy successful website builder, company from Israel, public on Nasdaq, over 5,000 employees, and um, half of them are engineers. Is that true? Uh, yes, about half of them are engineers. That's great. That's great. Then um, I, I think we take the time to um, understand a bit more how you build your platform and what you think about platform engineering and um, then about uh, what what I just, um, as a joke, called the Wix model uh, after our first discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, so the interpretation, Wix's interpretation of the Spotify model and, and what they adopted there and what they do with their guilds internally. Um, so maybe first off, we start with your journey, your personal journey as a nerd. As a nerd? Oh, okay. My well, we can also say geek if you want, if you That's prefer fine. that. fine. Geek, uh, nerd, it's fine. I, I'm both. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of what you would call uh, the first uh, computer kids. So I grew up in the 80s. Uh, um, so at the age of uh, 12, um, <clears throat> my parents sent me to like this uh, uh, computer after school activity thingy. So I learned computers, I, I learned basic. So my, my first computer was like a Dragon 64, if, 
if you're old enough, you know what that is. <laughs> what's not, a, what's never... a Dragon 64? Like, I, I know Commodore 64. I also know Commodore VC20. I don't know if you know that one. That was my first computer. What, what, is, what is a Dragon 64? So it, it came around the same time of the Commodore and the Sinclair Spectrum, if you know. So that, that's, uh, yeah. I think I think the, Comod the Dragon was pre-Commodore 64. Uh, but uh, it it was a it was a nice uh, it was a nice piece of uh, uh, you can call it a PC I guess it has basic uh, installed it has 32 kilobytes of memory if you wanted to get the 64 kilobytes of memory I have to run a special command because hey who needs 64 kilobytes of memory right <laughs> it's too much uh, so so that was my fir my first computer and just you know I fell in love with it. I, I remember I was uh, there was like the PC magazines, and they had this uh, this uh, hexta code that you can actually copy, you know, pages yeah. upon pages of hexa code. You, which you, you type it, you type it, right? Yes, uh, you type it, and of course, yeah, you you always make mistakes. And it didn't yeah, yeah. Out right. So that 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 was my uh, my thing. So I spent hours. Well, with it, uh, and and that's it. At the age of twelve, I knew this is what I'm I'm going to do with, with my life. I'm 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 gonna work with this cool type of uh, of uh, technology. And what what did you build then? Like, did you build straight away, or did did you just copy mostly? Like, I I have to admit that I mostly copied. Like, uh, I think the first thing I ever typed into my VC20 was a pong game. And I understood like nothing, to be honest, from from basic. I just understood nothing, and it came later. Um, how was that for you? No, I actually I actually programmed in in, in basic. So I, I I build things in basic. I, I experimented. I, I built like this uh, demo application that was uh, that was showing off the capabilities of of the of the computers. You know, with uh, some uh, sound, MIDI sound, and then the graphics which uh, which you have, and it, it like like showing off, you know, what what the the computer uh, uh, could do. So I was building those kind of program. I was kind of building uh, uh, programs from for my own like day to day issues that I that I wanted to arrange uh, my wife or my father's. Uh, 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 he, he had a, a, a small business, so I, I coded some applications to manage his the schedule and stuff. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, I tried to copy some hexacode into the computer, which didn't really work. And 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 then you studied IT, or is it like you're from Israel, right? So I guess yes. you joined the military at a certain point. Were you serving in that one very important secret unit, or? Uh, well, well, I studied in, in high school. I did. Uh, study, we had like uh, uh, IT uh, uh, classes in high school, so I did that in high school. In 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 the army, uh, no, I I wasn't in the in the IT. I was in in, in other uh, more uh, uh, like intelligent unit, but uh, it's more of a reconnaissance. Uh, but uh, but not uh, unfortunately. Not not in the in the IT units, but then after after the the army, uh, I went to study. I, I did my uh, bachelor's degree and uh, started to work uh, during my studies. Okay, cool. Uh, um, 
and you always knew like web development is what I want to do or? Uh, no, because the web didn't exist then the 80s. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I kind of explore that as, as, as the web kind of, kind of took off. So I did a lot of, uh, you know, Uh, Windows desktop applications, GIS. I wrote like the first uh, mapping GIS software that we had uh, in uh, in Israel. It was before Google Maps and Waze and all those uh, cool applications. It was like a desktop laptop uh, GIS uh, GIS mapping software. Uh, and uh, uh, and and then at some point I, I moved to. It was like. In, in in 2000 i moved to the united states uh to a startup company i was like the third uh employee so, so felt like a, an interesting uh, uh adventure uh of course like every other startup we closed down <laughs> during the the internet uh, crash uh, in 2001 uh but but then i, I moved to to lockheed martin which uh, was like super uh, interesting project to build the U.S. National Archive uh, system. Uh, so I studied in the U.S. for seven years, came back to, came back to Israel, uh, did my own startup thing, which of course failed, and, uh, and eventually joined, uh, joined Wix. Okay. And um, what, what is special about Wix, like from your personal perspective? I mean, Wix is a website builder. I guess you have crazy volumes that makes it special. Um, what, what else is like the, the, the secret sauce, let's say? So as you say, Wix, Wix is a, it's a huge platform, right? It's about 7% of, of the websites on the internet are running on Wix. We have like 200 million, almost 250 million uh, Website builders that are building upon our platform. So, people think of Wix as, as just as a website builder, but it's uh, it's a lot more than that. Because when you have a website, you also need uh, to sell things most of the time. So, you know, we have like the third largest e-commerce platform, and you need blogs. So, we have a blogging system, and you need uh, to schedule time. So, we have a booking system. And if if you are a restaurant owner, we have solutions for restaurants and for hotels and. Uh, Forum. So basically, everything that you need to build—not just a website, but uh, but a web application. So part of that, we have transformed uh, Wix into into a web development platform. So we introduced uh, Avello, which is our, our our development platform. You can build on top. Like, like, think about the, like the, the designer, the website designer now becomes an IDE. So you take the, your visual elements and you add code, you add JavaScript code that runs in the, in the browser. And of course, you cannot have just browser code. So we build our own serverless infrastructure that you can actually run your code on, on the backend, on our backend. And you get a database and you get connected to all the APIs. So it's a, it's a, Very interesting uh, uh, platform. Uh, so a bit like like Delphi back in the days. Yes, yes, we actually got inspired uh, by Delphi. I love Delphi. The, you know, the GIS yes, software well. <laughs> I, I, I wrote that was on top of Delphi. It was, I think, was like the best environment that uh, that I worked, like a visual environment. Uh, 
I also remember that like having quite good memories. Um, it was fun to to, to build with, right? Um, and it yes. all was was from one company, and uh, I mean, like maybe a bit like .NET uh, as of today, right? Um, you could do everything without with it without uh, necessarily leaving the the paved road, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah. So, so, so speaking about the paved road, uh, we in 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 our journey that that we've built our platform for our customers, uh, which is uh, in itself is very interesting because uh, we had to solve uh, a very interesting problem for uh, to have like a cost-effective serverless environment. To think about it, the, the most the, the difficult thing about serverless is is the cold startup, uh, and uh, we have hundreds of millions of, of, of websites. And if you give each website a server or even a container, that's hundreds of millions of containers. It's not it's not cost effective. So the way we did that, we engineered our own serverless platform that could cold start your function in less than a hundred milliseconds, uh, and uh, and it will just shut down after after you run, uh, or if you have a continuous work, it will shut down after five minutes. But since the cold start is is so fast, then we have no problem spinning up. Uh, and bringing down a lot of of, uh, of servers, so it becomes uh, very cost effective for us to offer that to to our customers. So each of your websites really runs into like a dedicated environment where you can't, uh, or like a, like a micro container, or uh, on, only websites that are that that their that their builder wrote their own custom code. Ah, okay. So, if if yeah. you just do if you just use our, our our platforms and the offering that we have then then no, but if you write your own custom codes which is a lot we have about I think like three I I don't remember exactly two or three million sites that have their own custom code in it still mm -hmm. still is a lot. Uh, uh, but, uh, but yes, it, it runs, once you call your code, we dynamically load your code in, 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 uh, in our serverless platform and, and run it and shut it down for each request. And, and, and what is your, your infra generally? Like what, what, what language do you use? Like as main language? So, uh, in, in the backend, we have two main languages. So all our code uh which let's say the ecom platform the blogging the stuff so that's mostly on the jvm the scala uh, uh and also uh, a little bit of uh, of typescript with node.js and and the serverless platform that we offer our customers is is uh, node.js you, you write with typescript and uh we we run it on the node.js platform okay um yeah i, I mean i guess otherwise like with I don't know Java and Scala, it might might be heavier to do that. Um, Containerize small <laughs> snippets, right? Yes, yes, uh, it, it is uh, it is heavier. But uh, but we are building that platform for our our own use. Yeah. 
So this this is like the the path. So we 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 identified the the uh, the need for our customers, and then we looked at our own developers, which we have about fifteen hundred of developers. And they say, why can't we bring the same experience to our own developers? Um, so we started in this uh, in this uh, crazy journey uh, to first to improve our our developers' uh, development velocity, mm-hmm. and then to have it uh, very cost effective, since you know. The last year has been has been crazy. All, all the companies are trying to cut cost, and 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 we said, okay, what can what can we do? How can we learn from the experience that we have, and how can we innovate uh, on our how people are writing software? And and uh, I think that the way the technology is right now with microservice, everybody is doing it wrong. Uh, because if you think about it, uh, in, in, in software development, you basically have, let's say, three pillars. Okay, The, the way that you write and design your software and your, in your IDE, how, how developers think about, about uh, modeling their, their, their software and the arch- uh, architecting. Uh, the second pillar is how you build and deploy your, your artifact. Okay, And the third is how you operate and run it. And the way that, let's say, most of the industry are doing it is they have two ways. One is a monolith, which we all know the issues that we have with monolith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not all bad, right? Because with monolith, maybe, you know, in you know, the, the problem with monolith is 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 how you package it and how you you actually work on it on your on your IDE, right? Because you kind of tend to break uh, the boundaries uh, uh, and, and deploy it as one big uh, big blob. But in terms of performance, it has the best performance that you can gain, right? Uh, because everything run in, in process, you don't do over the network calls like, like in microservices. Yeah, However, also, in the- also, also in terms of velocity um, and um, engineering efficiency, it it can be beneficial to to have a monolith for a while at least. Like if if you don't have like a let's say one thousand five hundred team of engineers. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> if you're small enough, yeah, and yeah, that's that's probably the way to go. You you that's that's the fastest way to go. You're small enough, or your Shopify, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think that Shopify is also having a microservices that they kind of yeah. break, tend to break I, the the monolith. I actually, Facebook has a huge monolith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like many of those companies, um, like partly run a monolith and then um, rather stick to medium-sized services than really like microservices, um, which can actually work out, right? Uh, Or it does work out for a while. Yes, for a while. And then you tend tend to to break those because then teams starting to, you know, step on each other's toes and and you get the deployment uh, uh, challenges. 
but uh, uh, so so you go to microservices, which which they they have their own their own issues, right? How do you uh, run them? What uh, you get performance issues if you have long like uh, call chains between microservices. So so none of these uh, and they're expensive, right? So so think I'm I, and I'm I'm looking at, at Twix for instance. So Wix has about three thousand microservices clusters. Okay, and like uh, f- for each uh, for each instance in each data center, you have to have like at, re- at least two or three instances running for fault tolerant, mm-hmm. and multiply that by by three or four full blown data centers that that we have. So even a, a very small microservice that does really nothing, let's say just updates configuration files or, or get like a very low uh, uh, request, you have at least six to nine instances of the same of the same service, right? Because we're working like in active active mode and stuff. Yeah, and then sometimes the horizontal pod autoscaler is set up incorrectly and then <laughs> we all yes. know that <clears throat> yes so 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 we 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 took a look at that and and uh, and we looked at at the at the platform that we built for our our customers you know the node platform the serverless platform mm-hmm. uh and uh and i think that uh if we can combine all the knowledge that we have of uh, how to abstract things away from from developers uh, and and also run solve let's say the cold start problem, uh, then we can build uh, uh, what I call a platform as a runtime, mm-hmm. which basically if if you think about it the the code. What's the problem with the microservice? Why is it so expensive? Because we think, yeah, we can break it smaller to smaller and smaller pieces, but then it costs a lot. And and the reason it costs a lot because ninety percent of the code that a microservice actually runs, it's not the business logic code. It's all the frameworks and infrastructure that that, that wraps your own code. Right, your gRPC endpoint, the HTTP servers, your validation libraries, everything that that a company has in in their own framework, that's about ninety percent of the code that 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 wraps a microservice, and about ten percent is the actual business logic that that developers actually have to write. Again, unless you put it in a bigger service, which is now become more cost effective, but has other issues. So if we if we can separate those two and 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 have you know let's say the framework okay all the things that that you need your, your JDBC connection pools your uh, your Spring framework your HTTP framework your gRPC framework validate everything not being compiled and bundled with your service but actually runs. On its own, on on the cloud, let's say it 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 is the container, and then uh, we can, let's say, connect the business logic to the framework where the framework is the runtime. That's the platform. That's the runtime, 
uh, and it actually calls your your uh, business logic, then we create uh, like uh, nano services or, or uh, uh, like which is which can be now linked to any. Basically, that's the, that's the shared component for for everyone, right? The, the framework. So, so the, the the simplest example that I can give is is uh, think about a microservice that has two endpoints, right? One is uh, is a REST endpoint that uh, let's say lists products, uh, which has a very high throughput, and one is uh, let's say a Kafka consumer, which uh, get a message to I don't know product pricing update or something. Okay, that happened. Uh, a lot less frequent, uh, but uh, if, if you will build it as a microservice, which is which is the right way because this is how developers think about it as domain-driven design. You, you, this is my domain. My domain is is a product. This is how I want to develop this. How I want to think about it, but that's not necessarily the most efficient way to package and run it. Okay, so if I could just break those two endpoints into two nano services, each one is each endpoint is a service. I can now attach it because that's a very low code. Uh, the bundle side is 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 very is very small, like few k's or maybe tens of maybe hundreds of k's, not like megabytes, because I don't compile the framework with it. It just it just uh, the the business logic that I need, and then attach this endpoint into the framework in runtime on my production system. Now I can also auto scale each one individually, unlike in the microservice where I have to auto scale them uh, uh, both at the same at the same time, which also create a strain on on the on the on the on let's say the single point of failures, which are the databases and then the brokers, right? There are so many connections that a database can handle. There's so many connections that a broker can handle. But with every auto scale, I open a new connection to databases and to my my brokers. So now I can actually scale them as needed individually because okay. it doesn't cost me a lot. Okay, but but um, just for my understanding, like um, let, let's take this product listing example. I mean, a product listing example needs to, I don't know, transfer what is received from the database um, into into REST uh, or into 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 uh, JSON then, right? Um, and accept uh, requests via via REST, like get requests. Um, so it it is hit. And then what what does it do? Like, does it speak to the database directly, or is that then abstracted somewhere else? No, that's abstracted in the, in the platform as a runtime. So the, the the runtime actually holds all the database connections. It it uh, it has all the inbound and outbound uh, connections. It go through the uh, through the uh, through the platform. So your business logic doesn't really connect to the database; it's just being made from uh, a single point in the in the platform itself in the runtime. So it goes to the runtime. The runtime actually connects to the database uh, and, and gives you back the the results that that uh, that you want. So you somehow have like an abstraction on queries, so you can, I don't know, via GraphQL or something like formulate a query and then. In this product listing, 
um, endpoint, you um, talk to another abstraction, which is then the framework, which yes. then sends the query to the database, sends it back in, let's say, GraphQL, and then transforms it um, in, into, into into JSON? Or Yes, yes, correct. Exactly, exactly that. So we didn't use GraphQL. It's something that we're actually working on, on considering GraphQL. But remember, I told you, we have this framework already uh, uh, available for our customers, uh, and uh, they can actually query. We have a Wix query, we call it uh, Wix QL, uh, which is, which is uh, similar to, uh, let's say, MongoDB. Okay, to the syntax of of, of MongoDB, okay. uh, uh, it's it's very similar. Uh, but uh, yes, we use we abstract the query, we send the Wix QL uh, query, and and then the platform knows how to to handle that, connect to the database, and, and gives it the result. So essentially, the endpoint only does the transformation then, um, yes. and and uh, waits for the data from the from the framework uh, endpoint. Yeah, interesting. And then you only need to scale the, the, the like the the framework endpoint. But uh, I think but then, uh, I, I imagine that it's very hard to test. Like um, yeah. if you really take take all of that complexity and and want to do like an end to end test. Um, uh, not necessarily. Uh, before we get to the testing, let's say about one more uh, optimization, which that gives us is. Because let's say the the heavy lifting uh, is is the is the platform is the runtime. Now I can combine multiple endpoints and attach them to the same runtime. So uh, let's say uh, if you think about orders and checkout, those two endpoints and usually they they talk with each other. Every when you do a checkout, it calls orders and do some validations or or mm -hmm. cart cart and checkout. It's it's, it's mm -hmm. more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Usually there will be two microservices that need to talk via via the network. Now, if I attach them to the same to the same instance of the platform of the runtime, then now they call within the same local host. So I can either the same local host, or we are actually even thinking about how to make it in the same in the same process. So you save, you gain the performance, you save a lot of network, you save you know, the cost, you can scale it, you can, you can do the affinity according to, to uh, every endpoint, which other endpoints uh, it calls to. Now, as for testing and monitoring, now we were thinking about microservice, but in, but the, but in reality, what people are actually monitoring and testing, they don't really care about microservices. They're testing endpoints, okay? Because you test your endpoints. So uh, uh, it doesn't really matter how how it is spread around uh, as long as, as your chain is working. It's the same thing that we that we moved from from uh, from a monolith to microservices. We think about here is my server, and now here are my microservices, and here is my pets. We we moved from pets to cattle, right? With auto scale, we don't actually know the machine, and now I kind of break it. Uh, I take it another step forward and break the microservice, which you. This is again, I break the the consent of, of the design time in in your in your IDE to runtime. It's different concerns, and I break it also. But in, in the monitoring system, it's just an endpoint. Why do you care if it runs, if how the, your endpoints are packaged? Mm -hmm. 
interesting. Mm. It still sounds complex to me, but uh, on the other end, like you have 1,500 engineers, so you need to somehow make it in a way that it, it works out for, for, for everyone, essentially, uh, and that people can be productive. Yes. Um, when we first spoke, you mentioned that like you have um, many companies, actually, um, like uh, for for certain 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 domains you 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 even build like real companies with an own pnl etc um and um they produce their own tech and that really means that you need to invest a lot into platform engineering and how you build your teams and how people communicate um and um i also guess that um as as in all cases uh, cases um your it infrastructure really follows your your org design um so i'm i'm keen to hear like how you came to that approach and how you actually orchestrate your teams how do people work together in which team size and yeah what what is like how how does the wix model look like this podcast is proudly presented by zoho As a professional in software, you have probably heard of Soho. They have been around for 27 years and now offer an all-in-one platform with over 50 mission-critical apps that offer everything from sales to marketing and HR to accounting. This all-in-one platform connects the entire enterprise, ensuring communication between departments. But it's the user privacy that Soho offers that makes it stand out. They don't earn money by using your data for advertising and they have EU data centers, which is a requirement for GDPR compliance. See for yourself. Come to their user conference named Zoholics on the 26th and 27th of September in Cologne, where you can sit down with experts, get to know the software and the people behind the software. Plus, you get 25% off by using the link link.alphalist.com slash Zoho, which is Z-O-H-O. Okay, so so yeah, so so uh, in, in the beginning of our conversation, uh, I said okay, Wix, Wix has a lot of product lines, right? Because we have the ecom platform, the blogging, the, yeah. the so uh, one of the the challenges that that we had as a, as a company as we grew and and uh, and added a lot of, of product lines is how do we keep running fast? Because we know that the that the challenge of, of a big company is now bureaucracy and processes and how do you you uh, align and, and sync up between between many people and and the way that we looked at it we said okay who are the companies that run the fastest and these are startups uh, and so we modeled our, our companies basically you can look at it as, as a collection of startups and this is exactly why we call them companies. So every company uh, it, it has their responsibility on on basically a single product line. Okay, so we have the e-commerce company, and they are respond. Their sole responsibility is on the e-com or the store's uh, uh, product, and we have the booking company, which are responsible for the scheduling uh, product, and so on and so forth. So we have about 50 of those. Now, how do you align uh, 50 companies? So basically, you, you need to think about uh, uh, 
there are two types of, of alignments that, that we need to do. One is, is a product alignment. How does uh, each company uh, build their product roadmap, uh, which in one hand, the, their mission statement is go be the best uh, with your own product, right? So the the ecom platform, the, the ecom company needs to be the to be the best in in the e-commerce world, right? Compete with uh, Shopify and BigCommerce and all the other e-commerce platforms. On the other hand, they have to to adhere to the Wix's strategy, because uh, and we try to give them as much uh, uh, independence as as possible. So. Um, each company has their own what we call head of company. You can you can look at it as the CEO of a startup, uh, and if they're big enough, they can have their own uh, engineering manager. You can look at it as the VP engineering. And Wix, we don't have really titles, so we can call yourself whatever you want. Uh, uh, and 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 they can decide that uh, okay for for let's say for the ecom platform we need to have our own domain and and break away from uh, wix.com because that will help us as an e-commerce platform to compete with uh, with shopify okay uh, but that really doesn't go well with the wix's strategy okay because they said on one hand they have their own agenda and they need to compete. On the other hand, uh, it doesn't really help the, the big Wix, Wix platform because our strength is in our platform and, and the various products that, that we offer. So in order to align, and this is like the extreme case that I just invented, right? Uh, uh, but in order to align decision-making uh, between the company and the corporate, let's say, uh, just like any other startups, uh, each company have what we call a chairman. A chairman is is uh, you can think about like uh, the chairman is the board of directors of of a company, and the chairman is is someone from the weak corporate management team uh, that uh, they know you know the weak's overall strategy, and together the chairman and the head of company can probably reach 95% of decisions on their own. They don't have to, to bring decisions up, up the chain and, and have a very complex uh, uh, decision-making uh, process so they can make fast decisions. So that's, that's on the strategy and product uh, uh, alignment. Uh, on the tech side, all the companies, uh, all the, let's say, the, the, it's not just the tech, everybody that works in the company uh, has a guild. Uh, well, unlike the Shopify guild, the, the Wix's guild model was developed uh, probably at the same time that Shopify uh, uh, did. Uh, it's not like uh, uh, we saw the Shopify paper and decided to do a guild. It, it kind of evolved in the same the same time. Uh, we didn't have a name for it. Then the Shopify paper came out, and uh, we said, hey, it's kind of similar, resemble the things that we do. Uh, so we, we decided to call them uh, also guild. But the Wix guild model, we, I, which I call the, the operational guild, is is more than, than the educational uh, uh, guild, which is probably what most people think about when they think about guilds. 
So the guilds uh, in Wix are actually involved in the day-to-day -day life of, of every, uh, okay, let's take the developers, okay? Uh, um, like for instance, when you are being hired to Wix, you are being hired first to the guild, okay? It doesn't matter which company has an open position, you, we open a position, the guilds with the guilds are basically all the people with the same uh, the same skill. So let's say all the backend developers, all the frontend developers, like the backend guild, the frontend guild, QA guild. So you have been interviewed first on your on your on your uh, professional level by guild members, regardless of where you are going to to be. And once you reach a certain, uh, you've passed, let's say, the professional uh, level then you are assigned to to the company okay so so that's one thing the guild is also responsible for for the infrastructure so it's not like every company develop their own tech stack uh they all use the same the same stack which the infrastructure teams are building now the infrastructure teams are uh they belong to the guild Okay, they work for solely for the guild. So you think about the guild has its own internal infrastructure company. Okay, uh, 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 so the guild are are collecting you know feedback and and requirements from all the companies across across the across the org and build the right infrastructure that would adhere to about eighty to ninety percent of, of of the needs. Of, of the various the various companies. Now that's interesting. So it sounds like a giant matrix um, uh, with with all the pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so that means that like, let's say I'm now the CEO of the uh, e-commerce um, uh, company uh, that belongs to Wix, then I can actually get resources from a guild. So I asked the backend guild. Can you provide me two engineers? Then I ask a front-end engineer uh, or front-end guild, like, can you provide me, uh, can I Can I get like two more engineers and then I pay the guild? Or is the uh, guild... No, no, not really. You, you have your own, your own, let's say, budget. Okay, yeah. so each company has their, their own budget, but when they decide according to their budget to open a new position, Uh, then they go to the guild and they request, hey, I have an open position. This is my seat number, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the, you, the guild starts to recruit someone for you. Okay, so you, you have the budget for, for the position. You don't add, add ah, okay. budget and, from and the, the people guild. are dedicated in a dedicated way recruited then. Um, and there's no pool of people. Well, in addition, maybe there's a pool because every once in a while people want to change careers, etc., um, but but they recruit in a dedicated way. Yeah, so they they are being recruited by the guild standards, by yeah. guild members from from not just the e-commerce company. Maybe you will be interviewed from someone from uh, let's say the payment company. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and once you you've reached the you you've passed the, the interviews, the e-commerce company, of course, someone will will be part of the interviews because you need to to see if there's there's a personal match also with your with your manager but uh but then once you you pass the tech interview the the you pass the let's say the guilds level 
then you you are being assigned to to the e-commerce platform. So they right. essentially make sure that the standard is high enough, right? Um, yes. And, and make sure that you only hire excellent people. Um, and then you still, like, you get hired, let's say, and you work for e-commerce uh, in, in, in front end. You're still part of the guild. Yes. So you, you first get onboarded the by the guild, I guess, and, and then you're still part of it or... Yes, you are part of the guild. The, all the onboarding, the training is being done uh, by the guild. 20% of the time for each employee is dedicated to the guild. So even if in, in the roadmap and sprint plannings and, uh, and everything, you uh, companies are aiming for 80% availability of their uh, engineers because 20% is dedicated to engineers personal growth mm -hmm. so for instance each each thursday we have uh, uh, what we call the guild day where uh, people are coming and, and and we teach them and train them on a new stack new technologies and, and stuff uh once a week uh, a week in a quarter uh, we have something that is called a guild week where you get out of your company and you join a different company to do something else to 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 have better skills, to have different skills. You can learn something new. You can work with different teams. This But I still actually... don't build the platform. So the platform is built by the, the infrastructure teams or do I also commit to the platform every once in a while? Yes, you can. You can go on your guild week. You can go and work for the platform team. So that's, okay. that's, that's one of the options that, uh, that you have. Uh, it is what actually one of the most popular uh, tracks Uh, that uh, that you can choose in, in the in the guild week. We have different tracks. You can contribute to open source if you want. You can prepare uh, uh, training sessions for the guild for other people. You know, for the guild days, or you can work on your interview skills. So you have a lot of, of activities that you can do during uh, your uh, weeks off from your day to day job. And it's not necessarily company related, but can be company related or do you somehow make sure that it's 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 aligned with the company it's not it's actually it is we try to make sure you are not working on your own company's agendas because that's your daily job and we want mm -hmm. to 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 expose uh, you to to different things so you can go work for a different company on a different product you can work for the infrastructure team you can do a lot of things But the one thing that you, let's say, cannot do is work on your own company's uh, uh, backlog or, or, or agendas. You can promote your own company's agendas if you want to contribute to the platform. Okay, the, let's say there's a missing feature from the platform that your company needs, then fine, because you can go and work on the platform that's contribute to everyone else, not just your own company. Okay, and with this... Uh, week, can you make sure that there's not too much legacy piling up, or is that a different topic? Like, is that part of your normal day-to-day -day job? On, on your own, on your own product, that's part of your day-to-day -day job. Okay, so uh, there's no additional time reserved to get get rid of tech debt and and legacy. That's that's on your uh, R and D manager to to give you time because that's that's your product. You build it, you own it. You need to fix it. You need to to make sure that you don't have a huge huge tech debt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the guilds are essentially like centers of excellence uh, for certain topics, and you form the guilds, 
um, like the the guilds are centrally managed. Uh, so there's uh, is there like a guild head or something or? Yes, it, each guild has a, has a guild head. Uh, also, the guild, like I said, the, the guild are, are op operational, so they are in, being involved in your day to day. Like, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, uh, internal mobility. Okay, if you want to move from one company to another, you go to the guild and you consult with the guild. They they get to know you. They understand. Okay, what's your skill level? What you're looking for? What are companies? Which other companies may may fit you? And and and, uh, and uh, uh, mitigate the 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 move. The guild is also uh, involved in your compensation. So if you go from, uh, let's say, from a mid-developer to a senior developer, uh, the guild needs to, let's say, I wouldn't say approve, but, but agree. Okay, so we need to get to an agreement between your company head and the guild manager that this person actually deserves uh, to be promoted. This way, uh, this way, you create alignment between the need to contribute to your company and your product, but also you need the need to contribute to the guild and be part of of, uh, of the community. Because if you do either or, then one of the, the 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 two heads will say, "Well, this person doesn't contribute anything to the guild." Uh, so, and this is one of our expectations. Uh, uh, and therefore, I would uh, probably delay the, the the promotion or 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 raise or whatever. And the other way around, the guild say, "Well, this is a great engineer. Okay, he's one of our top engineers." But the company say, "Well, he but he does not deliver. He just uh, he's let's say he's busy all the time with the guild activities or whatever." And that's also not good. So we try to get the balance between, let's say. Contribute to to the to the community uh, and also performing uh, your day to day job, which is produce products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, let's say you have someone who's very active in the in the day to day and uh, who now wants to get a salary increase, and uh, this has to be approved by the guild, but the guild doesn't know so much about this person's performance like how do you make sure how 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 do people understand um how do how are people able to uh, look look behind the curtains so yeah so so it really depends on on the size of of the guild so when we were small the guilds actually knew most of the people so that that wasn't an issue uh remember because we have the guild days we have the guild weeks we have the the interviews like the guild ha has a lot of of interactions with people so we get to know them and we get the infrastructure team that work with the companies and with with the developers uh to pair program and understand because they need to understand the day-to-day -day, uh job of of a developer in order to create better infrastructure so we have a lot of knowledge about the developers But when you're right, once we are at a certain scale, we cannot know everybody, but we try to make sure that uh, that we know at least the senior people uh, because they should be the most uh, prominent people. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is we have something that we call the guild master. Mm -hmm. So a guild master is uh, let's say you can you can think about them as as the architect. Okay, mm -hmm. so a guild master is a person that is trained 
by the guild. They know all the best practices, the, the frameworks and stuff. They actually work for the company. They don't work for the guild. They just being, let's say, you can call it certified by the okay. guild as a guild master. Okay. And okay. they are uh, basically the ambassador of the guild inside the company. So they, since they work in the company, they also know the people in the company because they work with them uh, on a daily basis. And they can also provide a feedback about, uh, about a person. In the Red Ocean of Company podcasts, one has recently caught my attention. It's the Code-Centric Culture and Career podcast. But before we dive in, a heads up. This podcast is in German. What sets this podcast apart? It's not the typical corporate noise we've all grown accustomed to. The folks at Code-Centrics are doing things differently. Instead of being drowned in promotional jungles, the employees themselves get a voice sharing honest, unfiltered insights into their day-to-day -day lives in IT consulting. From fun and profit of project business to the struggles with imposter syndrome, right through to the challenges and rewards of parental leave in the consulting world. But what I truly appreciate about Codecentric's approach is their commitment to authenticity. Authentic communication is the heart of what they do. They are not there to put on a show or bombard listeners with ads. They are laying their culture out in the open, unafraid to discuss both their strengths and areas of growth. For those who value true stories and insights, the Code-Centric Culture and Career Podcast is not just another recommendation. It's a must-listen. Give it a try and spend an hour listening. It's worth it. Just use Spotify or your usual podcast platform and search it or go to link.alphalist.com slash cc to do so. Okay, okay. And um, do all the guild meetings happen, happen physically or is there also like a virtual equivalent? Like, uh, Is there like a Slack channel for each of the guilds or a dedicated space or how do you make sure that people are able to align uh, and, and communicate well? So it's it's all of the above. So we have a dedicated Slack channels for each guild. We have since we are uh, uh, globally distributed. Uh, so we have um, both physical guild days uh, in let's say in each location. Let's say our office in uh, Vilnius can have uh, once or twice a month their own local guild days. We have uh, once uh, we have uh, once or twice uh, we have like the global guild days where everybody is joining on Zoom. Uh, so we we try we try to combine both mostly uh, uh, both local and global and uh, virtual virtual ones that everybody can, okay. can join. Yeah, sounds sounds ambitious, um, and uh, I guess sometimes also stuff goes wrong, or is that like does it all work out like perfect? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, and and it and, and it's something that is constantly being evolved and constantly being evaluated. Like every year, uh, we we send surveys and we talk with with people and managers and see okay, how can the guild bring value? Does it bring mm -hmm. value? The the activities that we're doing. What would you like us to do? What is missing from you? So it's it's something that is is very alive and, and dynamic. We change activities, we change the way that we work uh, according to scale, according to demands, according to to the feedback uh, that we get. So it's uh, kind of depends on it depends on the time. Sometimes we 
totally screw up and, and change things uh, uh, and uh, things that uh, that are work that uh, we keep, we keep doing them. But every time we we ask for feedback, this is the KPI of the guild is is the success of the companies. That's the only KPI that the guild has. Can the company be successful? Can our development velocity be faster? Those are the two mm-hmm. KPIs that the guild have. Mm-hmm. And you use I don't know Dora metrics etc. to to uh, measure velocity etc. Or like how, how do you do that? How no, well, that? V- velocity is a, is a very um, complex thing to to measure. How do you measure velocity? Because different companies have different uh, challenges. Some systems are more complicated than than others. Uh, when we started to build our, our platform, actually, we were sitting with the CEO. This is a meeting that we have every week uh, with with our CEO, uh, and uh, and we look at uh, what is uh, the development experience of developers, and we analyze code. We actually go line by line and line by line and and see does this is this line is necessary? Or can we do something else? Uh, and um, And we see that in in our uh, in in our estimates in in the in the time it takes to get to production. For so, I'll give you an example. Okay, when we looked at the microservices, when when started that, uh, uh, we had a new product that uh, that we wanted to build, and 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 the the company came to the CEO and they got them an estimate. We want to develop uh, uh, this product. It has five microservices. Uh, and uh, let's say it, it, it takes us about three weeks to get a new microservices that basically does nothing. It's just simple CRUD into production, and then we can start adding business logic. And, and, and the CEO looked at it and said, well, five microservices, three weeks each, and just does CRUD. So like for six months, I'm not going to get anything, basically. Uh, and and he said, well, that's that's unacceptable. We need we need to fix this thing because that it's it's too slow. And we were starting working with 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 our with our CEO and 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 trying and with the companies and trying to analyze things and how how can we make things faster and build our platform uh, with that with that in mind. And now, let's say after after a year of of working and and creating you know all the infrastructure. Uh, now uh, uh, a microservice from zero to to a crud takes about two hours and 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 it's not just a crud because the platform gives you a lot of the non-functional things that you would have to implement your own let's say like gdpr and, and encryption and uh, and logging and monitoring everything is built in within the the platform so the thing that you in the previously you had to build it on your own, which took a lot of time, now you basically get it for free, and every new feature that uh, that we add is uh, just basically saves you time. Like for instance, uh, if you have a, a a Kafka consumer and you want to do an exponential retries and backoffs, you would have to implement it on your own, and we put it in the in the platform, and now you don't have to do it. It saves you like a, a two weeks of work. Okay, so so this is uh, constantly being being evaluated what developers need, and we add that to the platform, and and we gain, we basically saved 
about from the previous infrastructure that we have, which also give you a lot. Uh, we we saved another between 50 to 80 percent of the time that it took for for a developer to launch uh, a new service. Okay, that sounds great. Um, uh, even though, like, I tend to be a bit skeptic on that um, <laughs> on, on all of it because I've seen like many bigger companies from the inside as well, um, and I like, yeah, we both know it's uh, like. There are always like two sides of the story. Um, still, one one last question on guilds. Uh, we, we we slowly have to come to the end. Um, as uh, yeah, uh, quite quite interesting chatting to you, but um, qu qu quite a lot of uh, material you already produced. Uh, mentorship in guilds, like, is there such a concept? Um, and how 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 do you what do, what do you think about mentoring? Uh, <clears throat> we actually promote it. Uh, well, this is if, if you think that this is something that we tried and, and we didn't really nail it. Uh, so we tried to promote mentorship uh, between companies for, uh, for let's say, for uh, subject experts. Uh, so we, we built like a, a, a portal which uh, people could uh, could publish their expertise and they say, okay, we are open to mentorship. Uh, if someone wants to, let's say I'm an expert in uh, TDD. If someone wants to, to learn TDD, I am willing to mentor them and stuff. Um, <clears throat> this one didn't quite took off, uh, although we tried to promote it several times in, the, in, in, diff in a different way. Uh, What we do see that that is working for us is is again coming back to to the guild weeks um, because <clears throat> then you set uh, uh, okay let let me uh, circle back a little bit the the reason why why it didn't really work because people need to be uh, aware and request and find the time let's say to be mentored. Okay, not just not ju actually the mentors because they uh, donate their time to mentor, but but you let's say I want to be mentored and and I have my day to day uh, work and I have the you know the pressure of of delivering. Most of the people don't don't put time aside to be mentored and think about how what do I need to to improve. With the Guildwick system, it actually it happens uh, uh, as 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 an added benefit to 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 the Guildwick because then we have you have a dedicated time that is basically uh, we as a company say okay this is your time it's your week you decide what you want to do what you want to learn and you do it uh, hands on you go and join someone. Usually, uh, uh, a lot of the times that that uh, it's not random. You don't just pick the you you pick the 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 task. You have the guild managers and guild master help you pick what tasks uh, are are available and fit for you. And we assign you usually what uh, how that works is we we assign you with a pair. Okay, so we do like pair programming and we say, okay, if, if you want to also with your guild week, you want to work on a different company, let's say 
the payment company, but you also want to improve your your testing skills, we will pair you with someone from that company that is that is good at testing. And on the job training, while you pair with them, you will both learn something new, but also improve your your testing skills. So uh, this is uh, this has uh, worked better uh, better for us. Okay, interesting. Um, that yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of mentorship to be honest. Um, but it's really hard to enable um, in in such big orgs, right? And make sure that you you have the the right mentor. Um, so. Yes. We we actually do external mentorships. So all the guild yeah. managers they 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 they're donating their their time externally via our website. So startups and CEOs and CTOs they can come and 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 uh, and consult with uh, with our um, guild managers uh, uh, for free. <laughs> cool. So I I, I book some. Some some mentoring time from you then. <laughs> I mean, sure, go to I my already got through. Just got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, a little recommendation for my for my listeners here. Um, coming to my last question, which is kind of a surprise. Um, uh, your CEO, actually Avishai, I think is his name, right? Um, yes. He he um, actually told me about about a little secret in the in the Wix platform. Um, it's actually like a hidden uh, function call in the on the on the framework service, um, which actually physically lets you travel back in time. Uh, it's called the time machine feature. Uh, you you put like quite a lot of engineering efforts into it, um, and we have the chance to through your um, Wix query language uh, submit like a little query uh, to a query you back into the year 2005 uh, when you were working at Lockheed Martin uh, as senior team lead, um, like quite young, ambitious uh, in the US back then. And you now have the chance to whisper something um, into young Aviran's ears. What would it be? <coughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um I, I I would think uh, that uh, my best advice to uh, to myself is work on your uh, networking skills or beside on on, on your networking uh, because you know I, I'm a tech guy well now, now I'm, I'm on a management position and I know the importance of, of network uh, human network. Uh, 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 social network, but uh, uh, then I was all about the, the tech. So I did like crazy, crazy things uh, uh, at Lockheed. Very interesting, but uh, in actuality, all the, I knew about five people in in the company. Lockheed is a huge company, uh, and and I didn't care about you know what what's what's going on outside i i wasn't uh putting myself out there uh and uh and and now that uh years ahead uh, i i understand the the importance of of uh, of networking 
just you know to to get more ideas to know more opinions to 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 reach out to to people in in the industry you know i i this is something that only uh once i get back to israel and started to work at twix uh only then i noticed this is something that that is missing for me okay uh, and and that was actually the reason why I started to give talks in in meetups uh, because I literally literally had zero network like I knew nobody in the industry really nobody uh, so I started to put myself on stage which is I'm I'm an introvert it's, I, I feel really uncomfortable uh, to be on the stage uh, and and I forced myself to start doing meetups and be on stage and go to conferences and, and talk and, and with that to to build to build a network of people. So that would be, I guess, uh, the best advice I would give to, to myself. Other than investing, you know, all day. <laughs> Buy the you know, <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin blah, blah. and stuff, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good advice, actually. Um, like really leaving your comfort zone and, and also public speaking, um, it, it, it helps quite a lot also to uh, structure your thoughts better, right? Um, if, you, if, you, if you think about it like that. Um, Really yes, it advice. helps you communicate. It helps you being a yeah. better communicator. Uh, uh, and if you want to, uh, again, if some, you go to a team lead or management role, communication skills is is, is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thanks a lot. Like really interesting episode. Um, uh, learned a lot about the Wix model, <laughs> as we call it from <laughs> now on. <laughs> and you might also yeah. call it from now on. Um, really like uh, insightful. Thanks a lot. Everyone. And Thank hope you. To, hope to see you soon, pleasure. maybe in person at a certain point. Yeah, next time I'm in Berlin, I'll give you a call. Great, great. Let's do that. <laughs> Have a good time. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Alphalist podcast. If you like this episode, share it with friends. I'm sure they'll love it too. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear deep insights into technical leadership and technology trends as they become available. Also, please tell us if there is a topic you would like to hear more about or a technical leader whose brain you would like us to pick. Alphalist is all about helping CTOs getting access to the insights they need to make the best decisions for their company. Please send us suggestions to cto at alphalist.com. Send me a message on LinkedIn or Twitter. After all, the more knowledge we bring to CTOs, the more growth we see in tech. Or as we say on Alphalist, accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth. See you in the next episode. <laughs>